Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Sadlin. How's it going, man? Uh, ben, it's going a lot better now that you're going to save me a ton of time uh, tomorrow on Saturday. We are recording this on Friday, May 13th, which is just not the best, you know, non-onymous sign that we could have. Uh, but ultimately, um, Ben was nice enough to hop on to the podcast so that we could do kind of a Thursday, Friday conference meet analysis of some of the results that have come in so far. Um, I will be moving uh, on Saturday, and I've mentioned this in the past, how um, trying to sit down for five, six, seven hours to write about content and write about some headlines is sometimes very tricky. So I'm giving myself a little bit of a cheat day, and Ben is nice enough to help me do that as we go through, evaluate some of these, uh, you know, as I said, Thursday, Friday results. And uh, we will have that now out on Saturday. And of course, the rest of our analysis will be out there on uh, Sunday as well. And of course, everything will continue uh, throughout the rest of the week. So Ben, thank you for your help. Thank you for your assistance. Um, I know you just wanted to see more of me. I couldn't wait an entire week, but uh, here we are. So thank you. I needed someone else to commiserate with after last night's Sixers performance, which Brutal. I watched at my in-laws house, which was a terrible, terrible idea. Like if you want to like show the worst version of myself, that that is <laughs> like the circumstances I had to walk outside uh, at the end of the third quarter. It was it was brutal, but I'm I'm very excited to talk about conference weekend and, and get my mind off of that. Hopefully, uh, most of our shots and most of our takes will be successful tonight, unlike James Harden. Um, so we will we'll see what happens. But yes, um, very happy to get into the action today. And then, uh, of course, we'll still have our regular podcast um, later in the week. Uh, ratings and reviews. We got one recently, um, up to 25. I think we already knew that maybe. But yes. Mm-hmm. For the, yeah. For the most part, though, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings and reviews, comments, again, big help. So thank you to everyone who has. And if you haven't, do us a favor here. We're trying our best. So Ben, are you ready to get into some of the Thursday, Friday analysis? And I should say to everyone, before we get started, we are recording this on Friday at 9.38 PM, my time, Eastern time. So a lot, not a lot of these results, but some of these results um, have not yet happened uh, from a, a Friday you know, day of the meet. So usually the 10 Ks, which happen at night or maybe some steeple chases. Uh, but some of those results are coming in. Some of them we'll get to, some of them we won't, but we do have a lot to talk about uh, today. Yeah. Some of these will be live reactions to some of these races, um, but we're just going to bounce around um, the different, different conference meets, kind of look at some prelims that maybe were su- we saw some surprising results. Maybe a few people didn't qualify that we expected, or some people had breakout performances. Um, and then we'll hit some of the finals, like in the steeple, the 10 K, um, that we've seen so far. So we're going to start at the SEC meet and the men's 800 because, wow, we, we saw yeah. some breakout performances here. Sam Whitmarsh running 146, Jacob Lamb also running 146, Brandon Miller, who is the question right now after two guys in his own conference bested his uh time of 147 in the prelims it, i i don't think they're gonna beat him in the finals but it's the sec in the 800 this year is absurd it's it's pretty crazy and 
you know, anyone who knew of Whitmarsh beforehand, you know, freshman knew he was a high school star, knew how good he was, knew how perfect of a pairing he was for Texas A&M and their 800 meter prowess. But 146 is kind of like a, like, whoa, is this kind of like a Brandon Miller light kind of situation where he might really be a problem? Like the 146 is a big time mark. And it, it's not just like he ran this out of nowhere or that he's been building for years up to this mark. Um, like this is a guy who it, it was a big PR, but he had the pedigree. He had the results. Like he had the high school success and just the matter of that he was able to deliver on it. That was the big thing that we need to take away here. So interesting name. Um, Texas A&M just continues to have other names. Um, given how young uh, uh, Brent McBride, I always get them mixed up. Uh, Brandon Miller and Sam Whitmarsh are, I think you could say they might be the next Devin Dixon, uh, Carlton Orange uh, kind of duo, except m- maybe better. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's that's that that was a extremely potent pairing, and for them to be on the cusp of being better bettering that that would be incredible. Um, Lamb running in the same heat as Whitmarsh um, came in right behind him, one forty six five. Um, I, I mean, a huge breakout run for him. I think this is a PR of over a second and a half for him in an event where you don't often see these huge jumps, especially not this late in the season for guys who've been probably racing fairly often. Um, but I, I don't know where this puts him. I'm, I'll be interested to see if he can get in the top three at the finals, because then I, I think we have someone who, who is a true national contender. Yeah, Lamb is a guy who was running like a lot of 149s and he was consistent. And you're like, oh, he's a nice piece, right? He's a nice like piece to add to to Alabama's core. And then he ran 148 earlier this spring. You're like, oh, maybe this is a guy who can maybe sneak in for a national qualifying spot. 146 now puts him in a conversation of like, just how good are you? Like, are you an All-American contender? And like you said, I, I don't know if we really have a good read now because I think he's changed our entire perception of how we view him. And I think, like you said, the finals will probably have to be a much better indicator of what he can do. And I think kind of a, the opposite can be said for Navansky Anderson, who ran another top time, I believe 147, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about that right. Yeah. 147. Yeah. I mean, he had around what, 146, 147 earlier in the year. And I think for him to validate that mark with this result is encouraging. The finals are going to be a bloodbath. I mean, yeah. so many good 800 runners. I you could run. You had to run under 148 two, uh, two to qualify, which is like 148 four did not qualify for finals in the SEC meet this year. Um, pretty amazing. Um, it'll be that'll be one that we'll definitely talk about next week. Um, how that race plays out. But let's stay in the SEC and let's go to the women's 10k where we saw Mercy Chilling got win in 33-15 solid time. I believe that is her season debut in the event and probably the one that we think she has the best chance at scoring highly at Nationals in. So I guess what is your thoughts? What is more likely? Mercy Chilengat being a national title winner in the 10K? Mm-hmm. 
or Mercy Chalanga being a top four finisher in the 5K? Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to go with the 10K. I, I okay. think, although, I mean, the 5K, I mean, after Tui and Rowe. And maybe Nichols and maybe and, Gregory. And, Nick, and Nichols, yeah. Uh, Gregory, I, I'll, I'm I'm not necessarily penciling in, in the same way, but those outside of the top three, that's she could snag that four spot. But I do like the 10K. She's had a lot of experience. There isn't any like solid star there. I she very well could take that. So I'll go with that. Yeah, I mean, I think we knew she was going to run this race. It's not surprising that she took home the win. Um, I would agree with you. I think the 10K is her best chance um, of just national meet success. Period. Um, I think she'll run the 10K 5K double. I don't see why she wouldn't. Maybe Alabama says, hey, uh, just go all in for the 10K. You know, don't, you know, burden your legs with a 5K regional race as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. Like a lot of these, like some programs are like, oh, if you have the double, do the double. It can't hurt it, especially if the 10K is your priority. Whereas others think, oh, well, there's just a lot of racing, um, which I get. I get both sides. Just, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I uh, that makes sense. Um, all right, let's go on to the ACC meet um, and specifically the 800 on the men's side. Uh, big story here: Sam Bowles not qualifying for finals. Looks like we don't we don't know anything, but it looks like he may have gotten tripped up. Um, he definitely had a poor last lap based off of the splits and finished last in his heat. Big surprise for someone who has a, is it 145 best? It for, is, yeah. From the, was it from the Olympic trials um, so, last yeah. year? And, and someone who came into the year as, as one of the top contenders hasn't quite um, had his best season, but still quite a surprise. Um, Seb Anthony was the top qualifier out of this uh, section running 147. Um, any other thoughts on this field? Um, not a whole lot of thoughts. Um, just generally just want to reemphasize to what you already said. We don't know what happened to Vols. We are only speculating. It it's surprising that he hit such a wall and hit such a hard last lap. Maybe he got tripped up, cut off momentum. We don't know, but just based purely off of the results, that might explain it, but we don't know. Um, Tim Zeff, by the way, uh, sneaky, good name, like Notre Dame guy, Dartmouth graduate transfer. I think he could be a problem in the finals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He pretty easily qualified and, and definitely looks like a name that could, I mean, I, that 800 is wide open. You could, yep. you could tell me five or six names He and he's in there could win that, um, this weekend. Let's go on to the ACC, uh, women's three K steeplechase where we saw Olivia Markovic win in a time of 944 really strong run for her but in second i think is the story here emily cole running 948 to run a huge pr and if you look at the top 10 results in this women's field nine ran pbs or eight ran pbs excuse me but 10 season bests or pbs in this field just a incredible performance at the conference meet, which is something we saw last year um, on the men's and women's side in the ACC meet. Something about this meet brings out quick steeple times. I, I don't get it. I don't know why. Marcus H 945. I'm kind of expected. Like I do think the steeple chase is 
debatably her best event. And we can go back and forth on that. But this is someone who I think was like a, a crazy high finisher in the cross-country national meet this past fall. I could be wrong. But she was really good. Um, Emily Cole, though, of Duke. Her previous PR was 1015.99. And she ran 948 for second at the ACC, champ- uh, ACC Championships. I really like the new coaching staff at Duke. I think, you know, they bring a good mix of East Coast, West Coast training and recruiting. But man, Cole just doesn't have anything on her resume to even remotely suggest that she was going to run this time. That's not a knock on her. That's just a how unbelievable her race was. Do you have any idea how to gauge Cole going into the regional meets and maybe even the uh, the national meet? Absolutely not, especially in the steeple. Like, there is no doubt in my mind that she might not, like, she could not qualify for nationals, even despite this amazing performance. Or she could improve on this by 10 more seconds and right. look like an All-American contender. Like, neither would be hugely shocking um, for me. The steeple is just a weird event, although... I will say, after we saw all these quick steeple times at the ACC meet last year, we came mm-hmm. in with high expectations for them at the regional meet, and I was there, and there was not a whole lot of good steeples from the ACC schools. Yep. That conference meet looked like a little bit of an outlier, and we very well could see that with Cole, where this is just kind of an outlier result, and at regionals, she kind of comes back more to reality. Yeah, experience matters. It matters a lot. Like, I think even, like, Duke's Alex Miley, who was, like, a top ACC finisher last year, I have to double-check. I want to say he didn't qualify. You know, maybe let me take a look here as I as I double-check that. But I, I do think experience matters at this top level. But we'll see. The, the, the way that you can look at this with Cole is – Oh, she is super inexperienced, and I don't know if she, yeah. So by the way, Miley did not qualify for the national meet yeah. last spring, um, despite running eight thirty two at the ACC championships last year. The way you can look at this for Cole though is, oh, she's inexperienced, and like you know, there's nothing on her in, a resume to indicate that she's going to advance. Or you can say, oh my gosh, she's peaking. Oh my gosh, she has the best upside in this field she's going to capitalize on this opportunity. I, I have zero, I really have zero clue what to think. I have no idea. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out at regionals, which is on the East side being held at IU this year, which is very different conditions uh, could end up being very different conditions than Jacksonville where we have had regionals the last few years. So that is also something to keep an eye on. Um, let's move on to the men's steeple at ACC's, where, again, continuing the trend of PBs, we saw, I think, eight of the nine uh, top finishers run PRs. Uh, ben Fleming leading the way, running an 831. You've seen Sato right behind him, an 833. A lot of good results across the board here. But again, I, I kind of have that like results from last year in the back of my head, and that's kind of freaking me out now when I'm trying to decipher how real a lot of these results are. Yeah, I, I think this field's a little bit different because I think there's enough established men in this field. Like Fleming had already run in the low mm-hmm. 840s, or maybe even, I want to say in the high 830s. I, I don't remember specifically. 
Um, so for him to run 831, while huge, it's very Fitzum Sayom-esque, right? Of yeah. um, kind of like we know he was always good. Like he's been a strong distance talent overall, but um, this was really his coming out party. So I, I'm biased. I went to Virginia Tech. I think Fleming's great. But I think you could say the same thing about, you know, maybe someone like you know, Yassine Sato um, of Virginia who finished second in this race, 833. He's done enough this season where he's slowly progressed and slowly gotten better and has extended his range to a handful of different events. I think the question now becomes how does sophomore Brett Gardner do after the race of his life running what? I think it was like 837 here. And then mm-hmm. freshman Nathan Mountain running 839. Mountain has been great all year and Gardner has shown flashes and like a lot of promise, both guys delivering big, but they're in experience. And at some points inconsistency, which is just happens with youth. Yeah. That leaves me, like you said, a little concerned. Yeah. I mean, for Gardner, that was an 18 second PR mountain about, I think six second PR, um so yeah i i think mountain i'm a little bit he seems to have a little bit more consistency there i'm not quite as worried about him despite him being a freshman gardener though i think he falls under the cole category where you could make a convincing argument one way or the other about what he does at regionals i like gardener a lot i've been like I've been trying to say it's over these meat previews. Like this is his race. This is his race. <laughs> and like, he just doesn't ever get there. And then of course the one meat preview that I do write, And I'm just, I completely ignore him. He runs eight thirty seven. It's so frustrating. I'm like, dude, I mean, of all the races, it's like he reads this and he's like, I'm going to like dictate solely on what's written. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's, that's my great congrats to everyone who ran well. I mean, this entire field was stacked when I mean, we had what we had a total of four meant 18 guys under nine minutes That's and nuts. nine guys under uh, eight fifty. shout out to Pitt. I mean, Pitt ran well. They had two guys running, you know, eight forty six and eight forty eight respectively. Tom Seitzer, uh, Notre Dame in sixth place in eight forty five. Mike Un- Ungavarski, eight forty six, like Ben Nibelink. 841, who placed fifth overall for Virginia Tech. Um, well, let's not forget, Fleming is on the transfer portal. Oh, wow. I did forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if Nebelink is. I want to say he is, but I don't know that for sure. I don't, I don't know that, so don't quote me on that. But <laughs> Fleming's, Fleming's resume is, like, scary good right now. It's very good, and it's probably only going to get better in the next few weeks. So he'll he'll be a, a man in demand, um, I'm sure, over the next few weeks uh, for different coaches. But let's move on to the women's 10K at ACC's. We saw Lauren Ryan win this in a time of 32-56. Very solid run, beating Michaela Reinhardt and Hannah Steelman, who went 2-3. I mean, Ryan just consistently flies under the radar even when she's running good results it it feels like she hasn't done anything wrong but she just hasn't gotten that same kind of love that a lot of other runners have i mean there's really no reason why she's not in the same category as a lot of the other women that we've talked about as a favorite in the 10k i mean there really isn't well, I, I do think she can be a favorite in the 10K, and I, I would actually be willing more likely in her in favor of her being a f- title favorite 
in the 10k this spring than not um but that's i I, that's more because i don't know if i'm convinced about anyone in the field um yeah you're right you're right i think that's a completely completely good argument there's not really a good argument against her she's just good she's elite and she does everything great there are some moments where i'm just like can she execute her fitness at the mercy of what the lead pack does at the national meet right and that's like the argument with a lot of these women like jenna magnus i think is kind of in that same boat where you can't make an argument against her she's great at everything she does generally speaking and she's always there and she's always in contention but there are just some women like courtney wayman and lauren gregory off the top of my head who just have better demand and control of their fitness and they can initiate it um, in different race settings and scenarios, not even tactically. Um, Does that mean that Lauren Ryan can't do that? No, I'm not saying that. Same thing with Magnus. But it's just simply like who can react and who can sustain at the national meet in terms of reacting to moves. Ryan can. She's capable of it. But... I just don't know if we've seen that yet because with all due respect, this ACC field, she should have won. She yeah. should have run under three, three minutes. Like a lot of these things are kind of givens, but I agree. I do think she's underappreciated. I agree. All right, let's go on and talk about the men's 10 K to wrap up the ACC. Ahmed Muhammad taking home the win. Um, the, the one result that caught my hot, caught my eye was uh, Antonio Lopez Segura finishing third, running at 28.53. It'll be interesting to see if he declares for the 10K. I mean, he's got as much range as anybody in the country. You can run a really good mile. He's run good 5K. And now, I mean, running sub-29 and being competitive in a very strong men's 10K. I'm curious to see how that translates to the national scene. What do you think he's more likely to run at the regional meet? I honestly say 10K at this point. Would you I, double that with the 5K? I you might as well give yourself two chances yeah. at the at making nationals. I I don't I I think there's really no reason to not do that if you if you feel good about the 10K which comes first. See, here's the problem with Lopez Segura. I think it it's like a thing where I think he's the best at the 1500 meters, but. In tactical regional races, mm-hmm. who would you like more in 10Ks and 5Ks that turn tactical? I I think I would like Lopez Aguirre, but I don't know because the 1500 is his better event. So it's like, a which bet do you choose? The one that like you don't have any history on, but you're kind of hedging your bet? Or the one that like you have good reason to bet on, but it might also not be safer? Like it's the weirdest dynamic uh, that I've ever had to deal with like a runner deciding what they run at the national meet. I have, I have zero clue. Yeah. Nothing like, no would surprise idea. me. Like he, he could pick whatever event he wanted and I'd be like, yeah, I mean, he's good enough. I, I, I'll, I don't know. I mean, him beating a lot of these long distance guys like Shanklin and Kilrea who are just grinded out kind of runners for him to beat them. I mean, he lost to Muhammad and Osberg who are both, at really high levels right now that that fills me with a lot of confidence that he can beat some people that you see more as traditional 10k guys even if the pace is kind of quick and if it's not then absolutely he can beat most of them 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, Lopez Segura split 61 seconds on the final lap, while Muhammad and Osberg, who are the exact opposite of what you would imagine <laughs> speedy, you know, sit-and-kicker kind of guys are, Muhammad split 56 seconds at the end that's of the That's strength day. right there. Yeah, that, and you can argue that that's what that is, and Osberg split 57 uh, seconds. So, impressive stuff. I, I think... I, I just have to wonder how tactical does the 10K have to be for Lopez Segura to do it? And I don't, I, I just don't know the answer to that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the big 12 championships. Um, the women's 10K. We saw Gabby Hentman take the win here. And was this her debut in this event? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I want to say no, but I don't okay. know. Uh, she won in 34, 18 beating Dana Fan. Uh, who ran at 34-19. Um, good result for Hentman, who, I mean, continues to just... I, she's another one who has just slowly improved every year, every season, um, and su- turned into such a solid piece for Oklahoma. I'm a big Hentman fan. I think she's awesome. Like, I do think she'll make it to the national meet, and I think that if you're looking for, like, a super deep sleeper pick like in terms of the 10K, which is pretty wide open on the back end. Maybe, maybe it happens. But um, at the very end of the day, like I think her value in cross country is where it's at. So um, I'll leave it at that. But I I don't think this performance is like unbelievable by any means, but um, I'm just a fan of Hetman in general. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the Big East. Um, We saw some interesting races um, across the 15, the steeple. and the women's steeple, we saw Nahum run 9.52 to beat Hellaway 9.58. Um, good runs for both of those ladies, dipping under 10 minutes. Yeah, Nahum is so good. And she's just underappreciated. Um, I'm glad she got a win, especially over Hellway and over Lydia Oliveira, who was a great steeplechaser. Um, you know, Georgetown had Kira Bothwell and Katie Dammer, who were uh, strong steeplechasers as well. Um, yeah, like I like Nahum. She's another, she's kind of like my, um, like Gabby Hentman of the steeplechase, where it's like, hey, if things, if enough things go right, she could surprise you. She could improve. I think she's peaking right. She has a 436 mile that people forget about. So I like Nahum a lot. Yeah. Well, why don't we move on to the men's 1500? Um, the only surprising result here, uh, Matthew Rizzo of Georgetown not making the finals. Um, a pretty, I mean, this is against a really good 1500 uh, field. You got guys like Jesse Hamlin, Eric Vanderels, AJ Ernst, Jack Salisbury, who qualified for NCAAs last year. Um, but still a surprise for a guy who's run 339 in the 1500. Yeah, he's really good. Um the the way I try to spin these performances is like, hey, it happens. Everyone's human. You're allowed to have kind of an off day. Um, in fact, like it's probably better that he had this now than he did during the regional rounds because he's good enough to make it out of the regional, like the East region. If this was the West region, I'd say mm-hmm, maybe we'll see. But I, I think he has a legitimate chance of making it out of the East region. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a bummer. But I like Rizzo, and I think he's been consistent since indoors when he also ran a 358 mile. 
Let's wrap up on the Big East with the men's uh, steeplechase. We saw Parker Stokes take home the win in 845, beating Patrick Teigson, uh, who ran 851. I mean, Stokes, again, is someone that flies on the radar, has pretty good middle distance speed, but also is very strong over the steeplechase. It'll be interesting to see if he's get, if he's able to lower that time by about 10 seconds at regionals because that that might be what needs to he needs to do to really cement his spot as an all-american contender well he has run 831 this season right has he ah i missed that oh yeah no it's okay no because i i mean i i would agree with you i i do think that he you know because i was going to ask you do you see him as a title contender knowing that he has that 831 Maybe it was yeah. 832, something yeah. like that. Eight th- yeah, he ran 832 at the Virginia Challenge. Yeah, I missed That's that. Was, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, based off of what he did last year, um, he, I mean, he looked really strong. I mean, he ended up finishing eighth. I, I, I think you have to. I, I mean, he was an All-American last year. He, he's been really consistent in the steeplechase. It's been his best event. Um, and, and he, I mean with these times he can hang in pretty much any race. If it's tactical, which I mean, it rarely is in the steeple chase. You got to like his chances of outspreading people at the line. So yeah, I, I think he has to be. What hmm. are you ready to call him? Barring no falls an all American lock. Yeah. So you'll say like today, if we made our predictions today, He's going to be a top eight finisher, and that is a top eight thing I will do when we make our predictions in June. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, as long as he looks good at regionals, I I think he he has the experience, he has the times, he he can he's won a lot of races this year. I I see no reason not to put him in that top eight. Yeah, him and Kenneth Rooks are kind of in like my. I'm not ready to call you a title contender yet but I don't have a reason not to put you as an All-American. Um, yeah, I feel like I dis- disrespect Rooks too much. I feel like he, I should put him and maybe Stokes in the title conversation. But if I just keep adding guys who I like <laughs> a lot, then we'll have 12 title contenders by June. Um, so, which which might be valid in the steeplechase this year. Yeah. I mean, like I think I could probably name to you five or six guys off the top of my head. And then if you want to add Rooks and Stokes in there, Maybe then too. So we'll see. Let's go to the Big Ten Championships where we mentioned earlier Jenna Magnus winning the 10K in the time of 33 um, And this is her debut in this event, correct? That is correct. Yeah. That uh, crazy for someone who's had this much success in the 5K to just now be bumping up to the 10K. Um, and I mean, she dominated. It wasn't. The the second place finisher was nearly a minute behind. She ran this race pretty much solo after the first two miles. Um, I I've, I'll be fascinated to see what she can do in a quick race. She just seems like the type of runner who will thrive the longer the race goes, and she'll just hang tough. She's I I I think she's maybe an all-american lock despite this being her first ever 10k 
I think you're right. I think she's an all-American lock, which is the wildest thing I've ever said from someone's event debut, which wasn't bad. It's not her fault that the field wasn't that fast, but based off of one race that was not that amazing. Like it's again yeah. not her fault, but it's just just the nature of the field. Um I think that just speaks to how good and how highly we think of her. What let's let's suppose that like she ran her 10K at Peyton Jordan or sound running or wherever. How fast in an all-out aerobic effort do you think she could do in the 10K? Oh, I think that like 32.40 is probably about the right range for her. Yeah, I would have said 32.30s, like low 32.30s. Um, Just in a perfect setting, she has the best race of her 10K career, which is, again... One race. One, <laughs> one race so yeah i i like magnus a lot i think her strength is going to suit her for the 10k when shalane yep. got undoubtedly goes after that pace um i hope she contends for the title she's kind of like abby nichols and lauren the 10k is the is the group of like someone's gonna win their first national title i just don't know who it is it's gonna be gregory it's gonna be nichols it's gonna be chalanga it's gonna be magnus and it's crazy that in twenty twenty two, Chalanga not Chalanga won a track? has never won a national wow. title on the track. She's won a national title in cross. cross country, yes, in cross, but she's never won a national title on the track. Interesting, which is crazy. It Someone's going to win their first national title on the track. If you take out Chalanga, you still have three women who, yeah. whose legacies and maybe even pro contract opportunities could be changed quite a bit. Is there anyone who, I. I who suffered the most from last year's decision to have the Big Ten race only Big Ten athletes more than Jenna Magnus. Because I I feel like her just running and dominating every single 5K that she ran in, it could not have been beneficial to her as she approached NCAAs and regionals. And and I wonder, with this year, I, I mean being a little bit more free to race other people and be a little bit more competitive. I wonder if that reflects better at regionals and NCAA. Yeah. I mean, even if it was like Bethany Haas, like going back and forth the entire time, like even if, even if the big 10 did give her competition every time she took the line, I mean, those women, like those are just one style of racing, right? Mm -hmm. You have to understand the racing tendencies of you know all of these women at the national meet they all race in different ways like you know wayman and tui and roe you know we all saw like they have similarities but the way that they execute is very different um so yeah i i I think that's a very good argument i would agree with you let's go to the men's 10k at big tens which just wrapped up we saw Morgan Beetlescum in his event debut as well take home the win, running 28-54, beating Kurt Eckstein, who ran 29 flat. So in your mind, does this lock in Beetlescum as a 5K, 10K uh, double? Uh, I don't know. Like the 10K, 28-54 is solid. He was expected to win this race. He did. I I guess it depends on 
how he thinks the national meet's going to go. I mean, like, he has the speed, right? He has 352 mile speed, 147, 800 speed. If he thinks that these were, excuse me, if he thinks that these races are going to be tactical, then yeah, go for the 10K. But is the 10K really going to be that slow? No. I don't think so. I think he goes fresh. Like, he tried the double during indoors. It was valiant. It was ambitious. But I, I think he should stick with the 5K. I just, it, like, it's just his bread and butter. It just is. Yeah, and I think that's a good argument. I wish these splits were better on the Big Ten's results because I, I'd be curious to see how he closed this down. But he was winning by, it looks like, six seconds like with 3k to go um so he i mean he took control of this race um or no i'm looking at this wrong ignore me um these splits are are completely off but i I, again i would be curious to see how he won this race because he did win by over by about six seconds and i i think that shows that he might have the strength to run a really quick time if he needed to in a 10k yeah i'm now realizing and looking at this now um it says like he ran twenty eight fifty four at, at sixty eight hundred meters. That's what which, was messing me up. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised. I don't know how timing systems work, but <laughs> you you think that you it just it's pretty simple after a few laps. Like if it works for one, it works for all. But all right, not important. I agree with you. Uh, I wish I knew kind of you know how that unfolded, but um, yeah, I'm gonna stay Beatles comb. Stick with the five k. I still think he should have stuck with the 3K during indoors. Yeah, I actually I, still I think, th- so. I think he should have, but that's neither here nor there. So we can move on. Yep. Um, all right. Last one, Mountain West 10K on the women's side. Um, we saw a lot of pretty quick times. Um, we saw Deshaun run 3309, Larkin 3310, and Heckle 3313. All good runs for these women. Um, what, what do you see them doing moving ahead i mean we have like we've talked about several times 10k hasn't been at exactly a a staggeringly good event this year and if you run under 33 or even close that puts you in a pretty good category going ahead to regionals and nationals yeah i think the new mexico women showed this during the indoor track season in the 5k where we're just going to crowd the longer distances. We're going mm-hmm. to see how many women we can qualify. And we're just going to see if we can get scoring in all American points by numbers. Um, I think I think they can get all three of those women into the national meet. Like all of those women are fairly yep. accomplished. They're not, oh my God, unbelievable, but they're pretty solid names. Like they're really good talents. And I don't see why two of those three can't get back-end all-American spots like they did in the 5k. Um, I forget who it was in the 5k during the winter season, but yeah, like I I just, I think the faster pace is going to benefit them. If it does become fast at the national meet, I just have more reasons to like New Mexico and this trio than not. And and that's, that's what we're going with. So. And and they've been another one to kind of go under the radar a little bit. They've just been putting in good result after good result. I mean, what they did at indoors, I think, kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Um, And they've just continued to build on that. And I think going and just dominating in this event um, at Mountain West was a great sign to go one through three um, and, and really 
again, show why they deserve to be in that national conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, their cross-country team is going to be a problem. Yeah. In the future. Like, they're, uh, man, like, see, this is what we do. It just becomes, just soon as May hits. We just, like, love cross-country. Cross like, it, it track's great, but cross-country is what we love to talk about. It's great because you're a miler, but I was a cross-country guy growing up, and I'm just glad that I, I've, like, I'm just glad that TSR has converted you to the same love of cross country oh, I've, that I have. Oh, I've always been. I wish I was better Perfect. at cross than I was at track. Like, I I, I love the team camaraderie and, and the strategy and everything of cross country so much more. And, but I'm I'm a miler and I was way better at track. Yeah. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a uh, 342-1500 meter runner saying that he likes cross-country more. And he's run 149 to 800 meters. Rarely do you ever hear about a sub-150 guy in the 800 saying, I like cross-country more, which is... Oh, I don't like running it more, but I like <laughs> the sport more. Like, I, like, the first time I ran a 10K, I was, like, scared to death. Like, I was absolutely not. This is disgusting. I hit 5K and was like, I have to do another one of these. It was awful. But it is, it is fun, more fun to talk about. Story time for anyone who doesn't already know this story. I uh, tried out for the Virginia Tech cross country team uh, my freshman year, and I was like pretty good. And I was decent. I was okay. Like I was getting recruited by a few mid majors. Um, like I was talking to a, a few you know higher programs, but nothing super crazy by any means. I was not that great, but I was not bad. I was competitive at least. And I remember you know talking to the VT coach at the time, Ben Thomas, and he was like, you know what, man, like I'll, I'll give you a tryout do the work over the summer. And I did, I came in, I'm like, I'm at the best shape of my life. I'm going to kill this. Like I, I'm, I'm ready to go. First mile I'm running with like UNC and Charlotte. I'm running with Virginia tech. And I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling it. Like I'm hanging with these guys until I realized that the first mile for a lot of these dudes is like warm up. And they were just like, bye. And I was like second to last. And it was, that then became like the worst single race I've ever had. And I died a painful death just for 6,000 meters, not even an eight, like not even an AK. So um, it just goes to show you um, these guys, the cross country is a different animal. The longer oh, distances yeah. are a run around a uh, different animal. And uh, even as I sit here today, I'm like, maybe it was a good thing that that didn't work out. <laughs> like, maybe it was a good thing. So um, I could have been Ben. Um, actually, that's not true. I couldn't have been nearly as fast as Ben, but I'm happy to be sitting here and talking to Ben nonetheless. Hey, it all worked out, and we're sitting here, both basically retired runners, and, yes. and just enjoying talking about everybody else who's doing all the hard work. And now you have a son that you can tell all your stories to, right? Oh yeah, I gotta see if I can find. Yeah, I gotta see if I can find some video footage so that he'll believe me when I actually tell him all these things. <laughs> awesome. Well, you can show him the podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify comments and ratings as well. That would be awesome. Uh, ben, is there anything I'm missing? That's it. Uh, I'll be interested to see how the rest of conference weekend plays out, and we'll talk about it on Tuesday. But until then, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.